Welcome to the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast, proudly brought to you by the Great Canadian Training and Consulting Company. I'm your host, Joel Silverstone. Do you have presentation jitters? And you're asking yourself, hmm, how can I feel more comfortable, more confident when presenting? Well, this episode, Presentation Secrets from a Sports Broadcaster, can help. We're going to be sharing some tips and techniques to communicate your thoughts in front of an audience from one to millions. And we're taking a bit of a different perspective here for you to learn from, a sports broadcaster. And who better than our guest, John Horn, who will be sharing his 20-plus years of sports broadcasting experience on how to prepare, how to share your story and your thoughts in a way that engages the audience, and how to ask the right questions that gets people talking. John Horn is a veteran in the sports broadcasting and sports production industries, and he's worked in Canada, the United States, around the world. And you may have seen or heard John on such networks as ESPN, TSN, CBC, WTA, MLB Network, Global TV, and so many others. John has interviewed athletes and celebrities, including LeBron James, Sidney Crosby, Wayne Gretzky, and even Michael J. Fox. All right, let's get you going on presentation secrets from a sports broadcaster. Let's meet John Horn. John Horn, thank you so much for being a guest on the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast. It's a pleasure, Joel. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. So we've got a great show. We're really going to get into the, the presentation secrets from uh, a sports broadcaster. And as we heard in the intro, uh, John, your, your 20 plus years of experience working with all the different networks, covering all these different sports. Uh, you know, what our listeners want to know is, uh, you know, one of the things I really like is how does one get comfortable in front of the camera, whether you're in front of the camera or in front of the podium or in front of a, a boardroom, public speaking is one of the biggest challenges. And I like some of the things you say here, which is verbal energy, roll with the punches, articulation. Uh, you do interviews. You also do a lot of commentating. Uh, uh, what our audience would like to know then is how, how do you prepare? Are there exercises that you do to, to warm up? Like how do you, how do you get into it to, before you even start? Yeah, well, I mean, Joel, there's lots of different ways that everybody has their own different way of getting set uh, for their broadcast, whether it's commentating or interviews or presentation, um, depending on what, what it is, uh, how long each thing is that you're doing. Um, you know, I have a sort of a routine that I go through, um, which may be different than what other people do. But for me, um, the three things that I really work on the most are is I like to work on my mouth in fluctuation as I do some mouth exercises, some jaw exercises to get my uh, mouth moving so that, you know, if you know you're going to be talking for a period of time, your mouth doesn't suddenly freeze up on you or it doesn't start feeling weird or you start slurring words by accident. You don't even know that you're really doing it. Um, so just a few sort of jaw exercises, some, um, you know, some voice exercises to, to get yourself going. Uh, especially if you're, you know, you're going to be say doing a, a commentating on a match for a long period of time. Uh, I think that's really important. Um, the other thing that I always do is I always drink water beforehand. Um, mm. it's just keeps your mouth, you know, clear. Uh, it just makes the sound come out better. Um, you know, especially, you know, if you, you've got a dry throat or you're, you're just not feeling particularly a hundred percent that day, getting the water in, um, just helps around your lips and stuff too, um, makes a big difference. Um, and I think three, you know, really the, the most important thing, um, to get ready for any type of, you know, whether it's reporting or commentary or, uh, being on camera, 
uh, is just is going through what you need to do ahead of time, uh, not just walking into the situation uh, unprepared. It's so important to be prepared, uh, knowing what you're going to be talking about, uh, doing the research beforehand, um, you know, really paying attention to key information. Uh, I think it's important that that the person who's doing it does it themselves, not having somebody doing it for them. Uh, I think it's really important that, you know, you know, the background, you know, what, what you're going to be asking. Uh, if you're doing a match, you need to know about the players, uh, you know, what the team's doing. Uh, all that stuff is, is really important and it's up to you to, to, to deliver it. And if you don't, um, you know, you may not look good. So it's important that you know what you're talking about, you know what you're doing and that you come across as, uh, knowing what you're saying is is accurate, and I think you know those three things are important: the exercises, the preparation, uh, and drinking a lot of water. It it just makes it, it makes a big difference. Again, as I said, everybody's got a different way of their preparation. Yeah. Some people can go in uh, with not as much preparation; they're more naturally talented than other people are. Um, but I think it's it's important that you you sound good, you look good, and you you make it look like you you know exactly what you're talking about, um, and not trying to fool people people because uh, people out there are smart especially in the sports world they know people who are, are who know what they're doing and know what they're talking about as opposed to people who are just trying to sort of make their you know make their way through it or faking it as we like to say yeah I, I think that the, some really good points there John and when we're watching sports broadcasters they make it look easy uh, what you're saying is and the same thing when we see a good presenter they make it look easy what we don't see is everything that's going on before before they before they go three two one and action, which yeah. is uh, which is doing the research so that you're able to then improvise if you've got all the knowledge, the facts, the stories, the anecdotes, the the data, the stats. Uh, it gives you more room to to feel more confident, and more comfortable. I think when you're presenting, is that. Yeah, true? For, absolutely. And I think I think one of the advantages that, you know, my generation has, you know, when when people started getting into this business, say, in the 1990s, uh, as opposed to, say, in 2012, uh, is that you had to learn to do a lot of this stuff on your own by yourself. Uh, there mm-hmm. wasn't the big support system around that some networks have now where, you know, People are commentating a match and whether it's a NCAA basketball game or whether it's a tennis match or whether it's a golf tournament, uh, they're being fed all kinds of information from all different kinds of directions. They've got production assistants, they've got researchers, they've got, you know, people who are sitting right beside them who who do work. I mean, if you watch Monday Night Football, for example, and you're wondering, like, how do these guys know all this stuff or Sunday Night Football, I should say, how do they know all this stuff? There's actually a guy who's actually right there beside them, who is handing them information. So if they, if they just say to the guy beside them, you know, when was the last time that Tom Brady threw five touchdowns at a game, that guy's got the information and can pass it over to them in five seconds. That's not the commentators knowing that that's this guy who's doing it. When I first started and I got into the business, you had to learn a lot of this stuff yourself. You didn't have anybody sitting beside you helping you out. It was all on you to to decide um, what's going to be said and how it's going to be delivered. Um, so it's almost better to start on your own and learn to do all this stuff yourself because then when you do make it up the chain and when you do work for bigger networks and as the years mm-hmm. go by, you're not relying on everybody else to do your work for you. It's important for you to be able to do your own work. And I think it, it sounds that it sounds better that way when you deliver it, that you yeah. You, it sounds like you've actually researched that yourself. Maybe it's a little something that 
you know, if you got handed a piece of paper instead of you actually looking for it yourself, it might not come across as well because you might stumble over the information. Whereas if you have it in your brain already, you know for sure that that's how right. that's an actual accurate stat and how you can deliver it even better. So starting with, you know, being on your own as opposed to having a, a whole bunch of people working around you, I think makes a big difference. Um, and it really sets you up for when you do have people working with you it becomes a bonus and it only can make you make it make you better. And I'm not saying having people beside you isn't a good thing. It certainly is. The more yeah. information you can get that you don't have to do all yourself and give you a little breather on the research and focus on what you're trying to do. Uh, that's great. But I think it helps when you, when you've come from, you know, being on your own to, you know, the point of where you get to a good level. Uh, I think it, it, it benefits the person who's presenting or commentating or, or, or interviewing. I think you're not thrown off when you own the material before. So when you're receiving information as it's coming, you could be thrown off or you're not quite sure how to spin it or how to use that information. Uh, so when we're, whether you're doing sports broadcasting or you're public speaking is, uh, people might be doing the research for you, but it's, it's even better if you can own that research and understand how it fits into the story you want to tell. Definitely. Uh, yeah, definitely. Thank you for, for the tips and how you prepare. And speaking of preparation, as you are doing a lot of commentating, uh, I like something you had said, which is um, you're speaking to the audience and you want to share maybe some background on the athletes that maybe they don't already know. So how yeah. do you how do you prepare for that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really important to to deliver that um, when you're doing commentary. I think it's important to deliver something that is different. That's something that not everybody knows. Uh, it's very easy to throw out statistics of you know how many winners a, a guy has hit, or how many hole in ones a guy has got, or how many buckets he shot, what have you. We can all look up that information. Uh, we have access to all that stuff now. Uh, I think it's mm -hmm. really important to deliver something that people don't know, whether it's background on an athlete. I think it's important to go and look into an athlete and find out a little bit more about them, their history, where they grew up, um, information about their family, uh, their heritage, perhaps. There's lots of different ways to get information out there that you might not know. Um, you know, I, I think some of the more interesting stuff is what some of these athletes do as hobbies or where they were going to be mm. before they became athletes. They could have, you know, there could be a, a guy who was a professional golfer, but maybe he could have been a, a, a high-ranked judo athlete, but he chose golf over judo little things that you may not know that you wouldn't necessarily hear um, in a general broadcast or an, an interview with a player dig a little bit deeper into information right. uh, and I think that that's that's important stuff um, you know don't always just state the obvious don't always I mean there's nothing wrong with the obvious because you know you do have to throw out the things that people uh, may not know even if you're a casual fan of a sport you kind of have to um, you know make it look like you know they've never watched the sport before so you have to remember there is an audience like that especially in the bigger moments not everybody who watches golf or watches the masters golf tournament knows every little detail about the masters so you kind of have to go okay well this course has been around for up to years and this person won it and so and so that's fine but let's get something right. a little bit more juicy something a little bit more interesting about the golf tournament or a particular golfer where people go, hey, I didn't really know that. That's interesting. Wow, I, I, it's the first time I've heard that. And that makes a big difference. I think it makes a big difference to uh, the success of not only yourself, but makes a success to the to the network you work on because they know that they're going to get some interesting stuff that you, you may not get anywhere else. 
I think that's so important for uh, it's, it's it's really showing value and respect for the audience, which is you have this balance, which is I'll share some of the obvious because not everybody hears at the same level. For some people, this might be they might be new to this event or new to this athlete. Exactly. But yeah. as you said, I, I like I'm going to go beyond just the stats. Uh, and I'm going to tell the the story of the the athlete or the story of the event uh, because that's what captures people's imagination and captures people's attention uh, and and I guess gets gets them more engaged uh, to to you and to the to the network as you say. Well, I, I will say that even when you do say things like that, that's the kind of stuff we we talk about water cooler talk um, mm-hmm. as to you know if you are delivering a sporting event on a Sunday. And then the next day, you know, you go to work, uh, not me specifically, but people who are watching go to work. And mm-hmm. then we always say, if you go to the coffee machine or you go to the water cooler, as we call it, you know, what are people going to be talking about the next day? You know, it's easy to say, you know, Tiger Woods did this, Tiger Woods won this tournament, blah, blah, blah. But they're going to say around their friends, the walker, hey, were you listening to the Masters when like on the 13th hole, the commentator said something about Tiger Woods that you just didn't really know? And you're like, wow, I didn't even, I had no idea that, that he, you know, those are the kind of things that people people remember right. around the water cooler the next day. Um, those are the the little details that you're going to talk to your kids about. And you're going to say, hey, you know what? You know, you played this sport when you were a kid. Tiger Woods did too, or what have you. So it, there are all these little things that I think are really important. And that that all comes from how how much research you do beforehand before you go right. and do your, you do your match or you do your game, you know, how much information you actually know, because the more that you can think of maybe a little tiniest little detail that you may even think, Oh, it's not that big of a deal. Um, you know, the more, the more detail that you can put in there, the more it's going to make you look good. It's also going to make the network look good and makes it more enjoyable for the person watching too. That's a great secret to to presentation. So again, you, whether you're a sports broadcaster or you're presenting at the boardroom or you're you're presenting at, at your, a local conference, uh, to bring the uh, to go beyond the stats, to find the little detail, the little anecdote that brings to life uh, the event or the person or the or whatever it is that you're sharing, I think takes it to the next level. I think that's really important. So speaking to the next level, let's talk about. Uh, you know, what are the challenges as, as a sports broadcaster? And one of the challenges just in general for us as, as, as communicators is how to ask questions. And specifically, you've got a tough audience. You've got athletes who are coached and very guarded in what they're going to say. Um, so how do you get them to go beyond the script that they've been given? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's really tough. Uh, you know, certain sports are easier than others. Uh, some athletes are more interested in helping to promote their game or their sport than others are. I think it's important, too, to build a real trust with some of these athletes as well. If you don't have the mm. trust between you and the athlete, the athlete has to respect you and they have to trust you that you're not going to misquote them or you're going to say negative things about them all the time. Uh, a lot right. of the people who've been in the industry for a number of years, more so than me, I've been in it for 20 um, there's some writers who've been around for 30, 35 years. They've been able to build up trust with athletes because they've done 35 years of, of work in the past. Uh, if an athlete goes to them uh, and they know their reputation, they know that when they give them something that it's going to be it's going to be delivered properly. They're going to quote them properly. Um, so when you're new in the business, it becomes difficult because you have to establish that with the establish that rapport with the athlete who doesn't know you from anybody. Like they, you're brand new. Why should they tell you anything? So it's important, really early on, to build that trust that hey, 
you know, you get along with the, you get along with the athlete, but also they can trust you and that they can, that if you say, they say something to you, you're not going to misconstrue what they said, or you're going to misquote them right. or only take part of what they say. Um, so when you ask questions, um, you know, you need to be, you need to, you know, when there's, there's questions that you might ask that would get a standard answer, you need to try mm-hmm. and you know, really listen to what the athlete is saying to you, really dig mm-hmm. into what they're saying. Um, don't let, if they give you a generic uh, type of answer, um, you know, we mm-hmm. got to, we got to drive, you know, shoot pucks in or we got to get more pucks <laughs> than that or any of that kind of stuff. Well, you know, just, okay. John, John, just, just, just one game at a time. One game at a time. Yeah, that's right. That's the, that's the classic, but now they'll even tell you when they say it to you, they'll say, well, I know it's cliche, but it's just one game at a time. Um, yeah. But, but it's really important to try and get more out of them and really listen mm-hmm. to what they say. But that's also that that's also the onus is on the reporter or the broadcaster to to ask the right questions, to know what to ask, to know how to ask the right questions so that you won't get a response like that, because it's very right. easy. And I've done it many times where you throw a question out there and you you just like, oh, why did I ask that question? Because I know exactly what's <laughs> going to be coming back. It's going to be a nothing answer. And then what are you going to do with that? So it's really like building the right question. The wording has to be really good so that you can right. avoid getting that. Sometimes you just can't. Like it's just you just know you can't get past these people. And they're just they've either got nothing to say or they've been trained so well or they don't want to say anything. Um, but really it falls on you to try and get the most out of them as you can. And it's not always easy, right. but, uh, some are some, some of the, they, they also know what you're trying to do too. Right. So they also know that they're, you're, you have a job to do too. So most of them are respectful for that. Um, and they'll try and, and give you something. Uh, well, you know, we're just trying to follow the system that the coach put in place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's um, right. so, uh, I, I like the idea here of trust, which is, when we're asking questions, people often wonder, why is this person asking me the questions? So it's really about the intention of the questions, which builds that, that trust. What's the intention of the, the, the reporter who's asking for it as an example? Uh, so is the intention is this person is just looking for something to make me look bad, to make the team look bad? Or is the intention here really to be supportive and to be understanding? And, and I think that's the same in, in general when, in, when we're communicating. Uh, when we're asking questions of someone, they want to know what is the intention that that's behind that question. Are they genuinely curious or are they trying to manipulate us to say something we, we don't want to say? If you set it up ahead of time for them, give them the right. opportunity to know what's coming, um, then it, it helps. Now, that's not always great for certain interviews because oftentimes you like to go in cold and not let the people know what you're going to ask them. But in a case like this, this would be something where you would want to prep it ahead of time and, and give them an opportunity to know. So you're going to, again, you're going to get more out of them if they know why you're asking the topic as opposed to, geez, this is just random. Why are they asking this? I better not say too much because if I say something, it might be construed negatively and so forth. So I think that, I think that makes a difference too. Great. Thank you so much, John. Uh, we're going to uh, take a break for uh, our ad. And then when we come back, John, if you're ready, we're going to hear your failure tada story. <laughs> I'm ready. Right, ready so to g- go. <laughs> give you a minute to think about it. Hi, I'm Joy Newhold, and we'll be right back to our interview. When I started the Great Canadian Training and Consulting Company in 2002, I never would have imagined that one day we would have a podcast. 
So first, I want to thank you for listening and share some really exciting information about our organization with you. For years, we have made our live instructor-led software and soft skills training, consulting, and coaching services customizable to meet the unique needs of each client and committed ourselves to a high quality of customer service. This combined to make the learning experience better for the participants and the planning process easier for the organizer. We love helping our clients so much We also develop many additional free resources to help you along the way, and this podcast is just one of them. At greatcanadiantraining.ca, you will find our free monthly webinars, blog articles, and free downloads covering everything from building better dashboards in Excel to navigating difficult conversations and everything in between. So make sure to join us at greatcanadiantraining.ca. But for now, I better let you get back to the podcast. Please enjoy the rest of the interview. We're back with John Horn, sports broadcaster. We're talking about presentation secrets from a sports broadcaster. Uh, And now we'd like to do uh, our segment here. It's called Failure. Ta-da! And so, John, you're going to share a moment that may have felt like a failure at the time, but really turned out to be a a learning point. So it kind of goes from ta-da to aha. So do you have a story that you can share with us? Yeah, I mean, you when you've been in the business for a number of years, uh, there's a lot of moments in your career where you look back and you go, should I have done that or should I not have? And then sometimes mm. it turns out well and sometimes it doesn't. Uh, so there have been several over the years. Uh, I've never luckily really been ever put in a situation where things have gone disastrously well, where I've lost a job or made somebody super uncomfortable. Uh, but I've certainly been in a situation a couple of times where I personally have felt uncomfortable and really thought that I've really, my world has just been destroyed, <laughs> destroyed oh. by something that I've said. Um, so I'll give you an example. Um, this was back in 1996 when the Vancouver Canucks were playing the St. Louis Blues. I lived in Vancouver and uh, it was one of my very first opportunities to get into the broadcast industry. I was really trying to make a name for myself. I was trying to show, you know, that I could, you know, do anything. And uh, I had an opportunity to go to a hotel and talk to one of the Blues, uh, St. Louis Blues players. They were playing the Canucks in the playoffs that year. And uh, the Blues were coached by a coach named Mike Keenan, who you may have heard of uh, in the past. He was a very stern, strict coach. Uh, had a very uh, tough personality, not only with the media, but also in the locker room. And as a young reporter, you're always just trying to, you know, make a name and sort of go, okay, well, I I, I got to ask the questions that need to be asked. A lot of reporters mm-hmm. were afraid of Mike Keenan. They didn't like to ask him too much because they would chew, chew him out or they would chew them out. Um, he just didn't like to be asked certain questions. He would, you know, go off on a tangent sometimes. So of course scary. I'm. At the, I, it, it was scary, and as a yeah. as a young guy, you're kind of like, okay, yeah. well, if I have this opportunity, am I? How am I going to handle this situation? So anyway, we mm-hmm. went to the hotel because the players weren't having a practice that day. So we went to the hotel and got them just as they came from the airport, um, and they got to the hotel. And so we interviewed a couple of the players, and uh, one of the players on the team was a fellow by the name of Esatikinen, who had his best years with the Edmonton Oilers, won Stanley Cups. So uh, Esatikinen was supposed to come in and was supposed to be supposed to be like a real spark plug for this team. He he was not playing very well. He actually got benched in a game. Um, so you know we spoke to Tikinen, we spoke to a couple other players, and then of course we had the opportunity to talk to Mike Keenan. So there was about four or five different cameras there. Uh, I was there, had my notepad and everything. 
And I went right into the question to Mike Keenan right at the very beginning. Didn't ask anybody else to start. Here's the young reporter who, you know, mm-hmm. probably going, who is this guy? Everyone's like, who is this guy? And then I went right to Mike Keenan and I said, uh, Mike, I just want to know, you know, Esatikinen hasn't really performed for you. Um, you know, he even got benched for a game. What's, what's the deal? Like, why, why are you, well, why is he not working for you? And then he, he literally pauses, looks straight at me dead eye to eye. I almost fell over. I was so freaked out because I had no idea what this experience was going to be like. And uh, he looks up at me and he pauses and I'm going, oh man, what's he, what's he going to do? And he said, well, that's actually a really good question because I'm expecting a lot more out of Esatikinen and he hasn't mm. been delivering. And, and then he kept going from that point on. And it went from a moment of, I thought I was just going to get destroyed by this guy. Like he was staring at me eye to eye. Like, who are you? Why are you asking me this question? And he would always take a little pause in between when the question was asked and when it was answered. And he gave a really good answer. And it was really, you know, from the heart kind of thing as a coach. And that quote got used on every single network that was broadcasting the Blues and the Canucks playoff series. I didn't get any credit for it because I was just this reporter guy who nobody really knew at that time. And it got used all over the networks, all over the broadcast, the national broadcast in St. Louis, in Vancouver, on Hockey Night Canada, the whole thing. And at that moment, I w- it went from a point of I thought I was just going to get destroyed to, mm-hmm. you know, the gratification of having such a question that, you know, I thought was a good question. But it was a question where I thought I was going to get chewed out and I was going to get destroyed to a moment of that quote was so good. The answer was so good from that question where maybe nobody else was going to be have the guts to ask that question, it got used everywhere. And it was a real moment for me of like, yeah, I think I've actually made it now because I've actually asked one of the hardest coaches in the National Hockey League who's really tough, and he answered it with a really good answer, and it got used everywhere. So that's kind of where it went from the, the, the low of freaking out to the moment of, wow, that, was, that worked out really well. Well, you know, this, this is a nice tie-in, John, to, uh, to uh, the question before about asking those interview questions, about asking the right question. And uh, sometimes we could second-guess ourselves or we can be reading too much into it. Uh, and being safe doesn't always get you uh, – doesn't move the conversation forward. So you didn't play it safe. You took a chance. You took a risk. You asked a question that you were genuinely curious about and you thought others would be curious about too. And you thought it was the right question. Uh, and, and it worked out. Uh, so that's, that's a great validation that we sometimes need to trust our instincts. There's a rule from imp- in improvisation. It's called first thought, best thought. So you, <laughs> you follow that rule of first thought, best thought. John, uh, thank you so much for being a guest. Now, uh, if people have questions for you or maybe Maybe direct us to your website. Where can we find out more about John Horn? So I'm on uh, I'm on the social media channels. I'm on Twitter at uh, SportsHorn uh, is my Twitter handle. Uh, then I have a, a website as well, uh, which is called Around the Horn Media. So it's www.aroundthehornmedia.com. Uh, that has a sampling of all my work on there, as well some a uh, little bit of history, a little bit of bio, um, some experiences, some quotes, and that sort of thing. And I thank the, the the industry and the business for having many years of being able to to do a number of different things. So it's been great so you'll see a little bit of that on the website as well terrific john thank you so much for being a guest on the great canadian leadership podcast joel really enjoyed it i'd love to do it again sometime and now it's time for our three stars no trois étoiles these are the three takeaways from today's episode that you could start to put into practice number three 
how to get comfortable. Prepare. As John shared, there are three things that he does before he goes on the air. First, he exercises his mouth so it's nice and loose and limber and does some articulation exercises. Then he drinks water so his voice is not dry and his lips are moist for, again, better articulation. And finally, he practices what he wants to say at the beginning so he's ready to go. Number two, how to engage the audience? Tell them something they don't know. Find a story, a fact, or some background where your audience will say, oh, this is different. And number one, asking the right questions, trust. Your audience has to trust your intentions. Are you being manipulative or are you being curious in asking those questions? And finally, the next step, own it. You're going to feel a lot more confident presenting ideas that you have researched or prepared whenever possible. Enjoy. Thank you for joining us in our search for what makes a great communicator. If you enjoyed the show, then please leave a rating or review. Even better, subscribe to the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast and make sure you don't miss another episode. Let's stay connected. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram at GCT underscore CompUEs. And if you'd like more information, free resources or class schedules on everything from software to soft skills training, consulting or coaching, then go on over to greatcanadiantraining.ca. Thank you, and we will see you next episode.